What's this? A disclaimer? Yep, so... I'm just gonna say this right now. This skit that I'm doing is not meant to insult Cody at all. I think Cody's really awesome, and I hope it doesn't offend him at all. If he ever does actually listen to this thing. Uh, this is all completely for satire. And just for me having a little bit of fun. So, yeah, apart from that, uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Cue the intro, future me. In a world where everything is all elite. Alright, it's Cody versus Aldis. Come on, Cody! There's Poppy, he is the future of this industry. He is the rock for dogs. Watch as an American dream becomes an American nightmare. Oh my god. C Cody lost. Um. It was Pharaoh. When all hope is lost. He's always there for all the important Cody matches. Even for the MJF one. He wasn't even there for the TNT title match. Pharaoh? Where are you, Pharaoh? Pharaoh? Pharaoh! The family scattered. Listen to me, you don't understand. A dog has gone missing. Look, I know it's wrestling. No, I've not watched Shot of Brandy. Okay, I've watched the Orange Cassidy one, but I haven't seen the other one. Just, just help me find- Damn it! There comes a time where a man must mark a date on his calendar. And- The only ones who thrive on losses are the Dark Order. The only way to help Cody is to find his dog. I need to form a team. Get ready to suit up. Men, I know that we are not the Alpha Plan. Hell, we're not even a Beta Plan. Because deep down, we are the Omega Plan. We may not be the same old young bucks as we were before, but I promise you, with enough hard work, determination, and dashing charisma, we will be able to find Pharaoh, and in turn, bring back an all-American dream. We may not be a pair of young bucks anymore, but I promise you, we are elite. All of us are all elite, and we shall find him. Oh wait, I didn't turn the lights. Uh, maybe that wasn't quite clear, so... Bollocks! Damn it, they're all mannequins! Guess I have to do this on my own. All roads may lead to this moment. Where's Pharaoh? But all roads still lead to justice. 
Peter's gonna be pissed. Connor Cooper is some mark in Pharaoh Force 5, The Life of a Canine. Veers this Memorial Day. Yeah, I couldn't find him. Like, at all. Literally, he was nowhere. He's probably at Cody's house, isn't he? Ugh, so stupid. I, I spent so much money on this beer. <laughs> Wait. What? You... You guys just wanted a... You guys just wanted a podcast? <laughs> what? Um, I, are you... <laughs> MOTHER On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast, we'll be discussing The American Nightmare, The Prince of Wrestling, Cody! What are my thoughts on his current feud with Brody Lee? His first TNT title reign? And where on earth will he go next? Enjoy that and more, and some good old fantasy bubble! But for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, about this week's edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Well! Uh... Hi everyone, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast. My skits have gone way out of hand. That that was easily, I think, the hardest and longest skit I've done for this show in the very limited four episodes I've done for this. Somehow, I went from a random phone call to a person forcing me to do a podcast to me making a film trailer with action movie stunts. I don't know what to think anymore. Uh, yeah, so this episode is of course on Cody because I thought it would be great to talk about the fact that he's in a feud with Brody Lee now. Or technically he is and isn't. You know, after the angle this week on Dynamite. Uh, it's a bit in question. Just a bit. Uh, so, Cody's first TNT title run. Or... Him being the inaugural champion. Very similar to John Cena's US Open Challenge. Quite refreshing, to be honest. With the way that sort of wrestling is. I think we've all been secretly missing that sort of US title Open Challenge. And it was nice seeing multiple people from different companies sort of come in. I think it was a great way to sort of make the title feel important. Kind of in the same way that the NWA world title has been built up for several decades. As just being the... Not quite the workhorse belt like the IC title, but the the traveling champion. Kind of in the same vein as his father, which is quite a nice little touch there. His feud with Brody Lee, which has just started to happen. I'm about to date this podcast again. It's the dating segment. I thought it was quite interesting, the way they handled everything. I feel they've really struggled 
especially in the beginning, to get the Dark Order over as this serious threat. And ever since Brody Lee's just sort of became the leader, they've slowly been building that credibility up with the audience. And I think beating up Cody, this guy who's only really lost one match up to this point apart from Chris Jericho. And even then, he didn't really lose the match. He didn't tap out or quit. It was MJF who threw in the towel. It's really awesome to see, even though I think you could argue maybe he had too many victories up until this point. It's really put over the Dark Order as this legitimate threat, or at the very least, Brody Lee. And it's set up this very good, I'd say very threatening heel champion. Challenges for it? You know, it's very hard to tell at this point. I was thinking that when Cody was the champion. There isn't really many guys left for, like, when Cody was the champion. And even with Brody Lee now, a lot of the top faces are kind of doing a lot of different things at the moment. Uh, Darby Allen has his things with Ricky Starks at the moment. Uh... Dustin is in the tag team with Natural Nightmares, though I feel like they could probably give him a TNT title match soon. Uh, there's also Scorpio Sky who was on this week for interfering with the Dark Order's celebration and the uh, multitude of longmowers. I feel like I've just gone on a tangent for the Dark Order, so I'll go back to Cody. Cody Rhodes is an interesting case, and the reason why I wanted to cover him specifically this week, is because I feel, apart from Chris Jericho, he is one of those very few characters in AEW who have so much history. And if you've listened to any of the past couple episodes I've had, I've always at least mentioned Cody once to include in a feud. And part of that is just because of the amount of history he has with, like, a lot of the guys in the company. Like, him being an EVP is such a good character trope for him, and it's such an ironic twist with our knowledge of Dusty Rhodes being the head of Jim Crockett Promotions, and also being a huge factor in the NWA. It's a great character trait that leads to a lot of very interesting feuds and a lot of different directions for him to go. And when I think of feuds for Cody, uh... This already happened, admittedly, but I would love to see an extended program of this. Uh, Eddie Kingston comes to mind for me immediately, now that he's officially signed with the company. I'll freely admit this, when I was thinking of Cody opponents initially, I never really knew much about Eddie Kingston to begin with. My first exposure to him was through that promo segment he had before the TNT title match. And him just talking about how he grew up with drug addicts. And that he grew up on the rough streets of New York. Whereas Cody was sort of handed opportunities. I feel like both of them are kind of in the right. But both of them can kind of disagree. And I feel like that's a great contrast. I would personally love to see like an extended program with them. Other than just the hardcore match that they had. Maybe you could be able to... I don't know, in the same way that Lance Archer got heat to face Cody for the TNT title, him facing members of the Nightmare family. 
maybe in the same hardcore match that blemished his record. Because right now, Eddie Kingston has is 0-1. You could definitely play off that, just sort of... Like with his record, he's trying to earn his way back up, while as Cody, after this big TNT title match, is on this massive slump. I mean, look at the way that his big match losses have come from. They've come from circumstances that are not necessarily favourable, but also kind of humiliating. His first loss was because of a throw in the towel, which he himself never really gave up on, which cost him the World Heavyweight title. And this other loss he had with Brody Lee, he got no offence in. It made Brody look like a million bucks. Cody is someone in this thing has been humbled. He's been humbled, arguably, by his experience, arguably, if you want to go in that direction and bring that into the feud. I just feel that Eddie Kingston, with it, would be a great kind of recovery feud for him. Cody Rhodes is a character who you can put him over even in defeat. Heck, give Eddie Kingston some credibility. He's already started working with the Lucha Bros and working with Butcher and Blade. If you want to play Cody Rhodes still as this babyface, you've got this sort of five-man faction-ish that kind of resembles the Dark Order. Maybe not in the sense of, like, character-wise, but in the size. And him trying to overcome the whole situation. Hell, you can have Arn Anderson being like, this is exactly what happened with the Dark Order. You're not ready for this match. And then if you want Cody Rose to be the defiant babyface, like, no, I am ready for this. Hell, even have Brandy Rhodes be like, look, you're still recovering from this injury. You can't fight Eddie Kingston. And maybe you can have this doubt in Cody's mind that he doesn't want the victory bad enough. Look at the way that Cody Rhodes has been built up as a character. When he first won the TNT title and he cut that promo saying that it doesn't matter who is here, I will outrun you, I will outwork you, I will outdo you in everything. It doesn't matter how talented you are. And something like that could really help build Cody up and it helps elevate Eddie Kingston. Alternatively, because I don't know if these rumours are fully aware or not, I don't tend to fully comprehend a bunch of this stuff. Apparently Cody's taking time off for a movie, or movie or television series, and that's the reason why he was written off TV. I would really like if, say, he comes back in October, maybe to have a feud with Sammy Guevara. I think Sammy Guevara would be a very cool fit for Cody to come back to. It would be very nice to see as almost like a precursor to the first AEW Dynamite, where the first match was Cody versus Sammy Guevara. I think that would be a very nice little callback, and it will show sort of how far both wrestlers have gone, especially Sammy. Sammy's really progressed a lot as a heel from joining the Inner Circle. And from that, I think maybe you won't want to build this as a very long, drawn-out feud. Maybe even just a couple weeks of television. This could be a great way to sort of elevate Sammy again. Help if you want, maybe even give Sammy the win and build up his credibility a bit. And go with the stuff I was mentioning before about Cody starting to doubt himself. 
look how he's been with the whole TNT title thing over the past couple months. He started calling himself the Prince of Wrestling. I think Cody's arc currently is him trying to live up to the legacy of his father. And just trying to prove that he himself stands out from that legacy. That's been Cody's whole story since he's been a wrestler, pretty much. From the first time that you saw him in... First time maybe you saw him in WWE. Has been him trying to step out of the shadow of his dad. And even Goldust himself. Or Dustin Rhodes. It doesn't matter which at this point. Maybe even Cody sees, like he said in his Inner Circle promo... That Chris Jericho is surrounding himself with impressionable youth. And he especially sees that in Sammy Guevara. And he's trying to, in the same way that Matt Hardy is, trying to convince him that you're better off on your own. Look at the very first promo that they had on the road to the first ever AEW. Cody just praises Sammy Guevara's natural ability and how hungry he is as a wrestler. Sammy's whole thing has been about proving himself. In the same way that Cody is trying to show that he himself is this, I guess if you want to go with this nickname, the Prince of Wrestling, you know, maintain that title, live up to the legacy of Dusty Rhodes. I don't know, I feel like with this, not only could you start to build more dissension between Sammy and Chris Jericho, you can also build up Chris, Chris Jericho as another potential feud for Cody down the line. I won't really be discussing Chris Jericho this week, but that's certainly a possibility. He's the one of the very few people who has pinned Cody. And that could even be Sammy Guevara's motivation going into this idea of a feud. Is that he wants to follow in the footsteps of Le Champion, the Demo God. And sort of, this could be the way for him to just elevate him up the card. I'd love to see Sammy Guevara go for the TNT Championship at some point. Alternatively, another person who I've had in mind for a feud? It's been done before, but I think MJF would be a great feud to continue with. But this would probably be under the assumption that MJF wins the world title. Because I know Cody in AEW continuity is not allowed to challenge for the world title. But, that doesn't mean that he can't be given a world title shot. Hear me out on this. MJF is the sole reason that Cody is unable to challenge for the world title. Cody, as we've already discussed, didn't willingly give up to Chris Jericho. It was all done by MJF, but due to the stipulation of the match, he's not allowed to challenge for it. I think MJF could potentially, him being this uh, monster, not monster heel, but, you know, chicken S-word heel, could potentially give Cody a world title match as a way of proving to himself that he is the salt of the earth. Because how appropriate would it be that the only other title match that Cody gets for the world title, he could lose to MJF. The person that 
he saw a lot of himself in, and who, arguably, if hypothetically he beats Moxley, got to the world title before he ever did. It took him at least over 10 years. MJF, I have no idea how long he's been wrestling, but he's like 23 or 24. And hypothetically, if Cody wins the belt, it would be a very cool parallel to the story they were trying to tell with Chris Jericho's title reign. That this, he, the reason why he's holding on to the title so desperately is because he knew this could potentially be his loss. For Cody, that's pretty much guaranteed. If Cody has a world title run by beating MJF potentially in some way, shape, or manner that he is given a shot, you can tell this whole story of Cody just, in the same way that he was desperately trying to hold on to the TNT Championship, doing that even more, like, significantly with the world title. Because unlike with the TNT Championship, he won't be able to challenge for it again. And that gives all these other heels who potentially challenge Cody such a bigger sense of threat and credibility. Because they can continually challenge for it again and again and again. But if Cody loses, he's not getting another chance for it. He'll probably go to the, not even to the back of the line, you know, to a point in his mind of complete obscurity. He's the one who founded this company for competition and to bring in this new era of wrestling. And he won't even be able to lead it. Instead, he'll be the one sort of watching from the sidelines. And I think that's quite a compelling story to tell with Cody, is that he's this champion just clutching onto this legacy that he's desperately trying to maintain. Cody is a world champion, or at least in a feud with MJF again. We can finally get the payoff of him defeating MJF after all the betrayals, after the whips to the back that he had constantly. And, you know having him go for the steel cage match, having Cody get overzealous from beating up MJF and then costing himself the match. It, there's so much more that you can do with this feud that I feel like AEW has done a very good job of holding off all the feuds like uh, Omega and Moxley, uh, this feud that we're going to talking about, Cody and MJF, and then just putting it off for like a much bigger situation. I personally think that this feud will likely continue at some point, but I'd love it to have that extra area of stakes. Another feud, potentially, and it's one that I can't believe I didn't think of initially, is with John Moxley. Cody, Cody's pretty much big main interaction involving the Rhodes family was revolved around the shield, and yet we've had no interaction between the two. Like, this feels like a feud that could already potentially happen already if you want to talk about just sort of Cody trying to deviate himself from the Rhodes legacy and John Moxley trying to deviate himself from his time as Dean Ambrose. Both of them can be essentially feuding to prove who left the system and thrived better. They've both been on completely alternate tracks since they've left WWE. 
Cody went essentially across the Indies and then eventually founded the company. And John Moxley initially went to Japan, then went to Cody territory. For me, this feels like something that you could really build as a big money feud. Maybe even not for the world title, but as just the clashing of two significant figures on the roster. Maybe even if you want to do it as a battle for the rankings, as kind of in a similar way as the feud we're getting right now with MJF and Cody Rhodes. Not not Cody Rhodes, my mind's got a complete tangent. Uh, MJF and John Moxley, where MJF is basically saying that he claims he's the better wrestler and Moxley's just a hardcore guy. You can build on that idea further with him feuding with Cody. And then Cody alternatively showing that mean streak and that sort of aggression that feels like he was kind of being lost within the TNT title matches as with like it started to become more and more like cocky. He was getting used to everything. That could be a great way to sort of fire up both guys. Cody, I think, would especially benefit from working with Moxley. It would kind of help him sort of deviate from his traditional wrestling style that we've seen over the past, I'd say, year with the company. Cody's evolved very much from working this traditional WWE style to more of the NWA sort of style that I'd say Dusty Rhodes did, potentially. He really does enjoy that sort of old-school wrestling style. You don't see Cody do flips or... Well, sometimes you see him do a moonsault, but you get the point. He's not the same as, say, a Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or even Hangman Page to an extent. Cody is much more grounded compared to a lot of the guys on the roster. And I think that plays very well to his favour. Alternatively, Moxley's kind of similar if you look at him. When he's not wrestling in a hardcore match, he's very much this sort of old school brawler. And I feel like that kind of contrast in styles could do a lot to sort of sort of show the versatility of both guys. Both of them kind of have this stigma around them from Cody sort of growing up in the WWE system that he slowly started to branch off of and John Moxley being this sort of deathmatch wrestler. I feel like this as a feud wouldn't really have a face or heel dynamic. It would just kind of be two guys just trying to prove that they're the best in the world regardless of the style that they're portrayed as. And you could kind of do the sort of anything you can do, I can do better. Maybe even have Cody, because he's already like winning matches with the figure four leg lock. Maybe even have him like bust out a paradigm shift or uh, John Moxley hitting... Uh, The Crossroads. My mind went completely blank on The Crossroads. That's the name of Cody Rhodes' finisher. It has Rhodes in the name. What am I doing? For me, that's kind of the way that I could see that working. Maybe you wouldn't want to build this feud sort of right out the gate, but it feels like something that AEW's really saving for something. We've never seen them sort of clash on screen, and it feels like a feud that AEW does this a lot. Sometimes they show a brief glimpse of things that you didn't quite know that you wanted. That's basically how Orange Cassidy Jericho started. 
was literally just Orange Cassidy in the background. And then, you know, they just started the program. I feel with this, it would be a great way because there's no big sort of stakes of, you know, either one of these guys could potentially lose their jobs or it's all about this thing. It's literally just a feud about being the best. Alternatively, uh, if you want to go around the sort of same former WWE guy kind of feud to sort of help reestablish themselves, Matt Cardona is also a very good option. I feel like it's we're very early in on sort of who Matt Cardona is. And I think kind of how Sean Spears early feuded with Cody, this could kind of be a similar thing. This could be a great way of sort of establishing how Matt Cardona is as a wrestler. What makes him different from uh, Zack Ryder? And maybe even have them start out as a tag team. You know, maybe don't even go for Cody and Brody Lee immediately. Maybe this whole thing will start out as them being a tag team. I mean, imagine them also being in the tag team division. The tag team division's already stacked as it is. That would be a very fun sort of thing. It would be a nice little refreshing take for Hangman and Omega. If they're hypothetically still the champions at that point. And with it, you can start showing sort of more sides of them sort of being a team. Heck, their first t-shirt is the sweet life of Matt and Cody. Definitely can't use the word Zack. Something like that, I think, would be interesting. And maybe if you want them to kind of, like, rub off on each other, maybe you bring back the... Maybe not the Z true Long Island story stuff, but maybe stuff on BTE. Or maybe even the whole American Nightmare YouTube channel they had, The Nightmare Family. You don't necessarily have to have Matt Cardona join it, but maybe even have them start out as friends. And maybe if it comes to a point, maybe for the TNT title, they have to become competitive rivals. Even as they're sort of like working as a team against maybe Jurassic Express or Private Party or Santana Ortiz if you want to keep the Inner Circle feud going. And with it, you know, you start to build up Matt Cardona a bit. You start to give Cody a couple more wins and him slowly starting to get his steam back. And maybe they have a match as a way of sort of Cody being like, I don't know if I have the will and guts to sort of challenge for these titles anymore. And Matt Cardona sort of starts to snap him out of it. Of him being his best friend in AEW kayfabe, technically. And then their whole feud just sort of being around that sort of friendship of Cody sort of regaining his confidence because of Matt Cardona. And saying that he put faith in him, and I'm going to put faith in you. And that kind of like... You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of thing. I know, I feel like that would be a great way of sort of... Adding more credibility to Matt Cardona and starting to shake off the whole Zack Ryder character. And in turn, it helps progress sort of Cody's story of him starting to doubt himself. And him sort of like being humbled. Heck, you may not even have to have Cody win the first match. You can have like Matt Cardona win the first one. And have that be a massive win for Matt Cardona. And then have them continually have matches again. And sort of show how evenly matched they are. And in turn, respark both characters. 
the final thing before we kind of get to the ending segment. Uh, I feel like I kind of scraped off it quite quickly, and I kind of want to go back to it. Uh, a feud with Brody Lee still. I feel like I didn't really talk about that much after the big title loss. But, yeah, uh, adding on to the stuff with Eddie Kingston, Brody Lee would be a very good kind of feud. I feel like at this point, Brody Lee doesn't have to have a long reign as champion. You just have to show the danger of Brody Lee being the champion. And I think if they potentially feud again, Cody could win the belt. Quite. Maybe not as easily as Brody won it from Cody, but it's certainly an option. Brody Lee as a character is this kind of mafia boss in very much the way that, you know, Jim Ross described Chris Jericho with the title, where it's like the championship leads to more money and it leads to more credibility in the group. This for me, feels like something where, because Brody Lee is champion, so many more people can join the Dark Order. You can stack the deck against Cody and sort of build up that sort of invincible status of Cody Rhodes and him sort of like, maybe not necessarily regaining his confidence, but being desperate to get the TNT Championship back because he knows the importance of TNT as a network to him. For me, the TNT title isn't necessarily the same as the Intercontinental Championship. It's the network belt. It's the one that you show to producers. It's the one that you show to uh, news outlets that this is the championship. Not like the world title, but this is, this is the title that people need to watch. Maybe even you want to call it a workhorse belt, potentially. For me, it's the sort of the publicity belt. And who represents the company more as being the face of AEW than Cody Rhodes. Brody Lee being the champion means that he is the face of that brand. And in that face of that brand, maybe you want to tell the story of the Dark Order getting more and more powerful. Like we've already starting to see Dark Order matches being a little bit more compelling with them sort of hanging around the ring like this past couple weeks ago. The Dark Order sort of like blocking the entranceway of the Young Bucks. I mean, the Young Bucks got lucky in the win, but like, imagine if there was just more people gathering to it. Like, we've already started to see Colt Cabana join in a bit. Uh, imagine them sort of like bringing in a lot of the lower level guys. Hell, Pineapple Pete, maybe. That could be a fun option. Building up sort of all of these other challenges and building up this impossible deck where it's sort of overflowing kind of like how the end of year situation happened with AEW where the Dark Order just beat up everybody. You could start sort of doing that again but under the guidance of Brody Lee and just sort of imagine how appropriate it would be that kind of this, I won't say Vince McMahon type character but from the early goings, the Vince McMahon mannerisms of Brody Lee, sort of being beaten by Cody. The the man who was raised by Dusty Rhodes. The the guy that who in the early WWE storylines was pretty much had a whole story built around how WWE doesn't like the Rhodes. 
I feel like if they wanted to go in that direction, it'd be very compelling. So, with that, that is pretty much the ending ideas of a bunch of the feuds I could probably think of. Uh, that was just pretty much a bunch of suggestions. They all got thrown out the window because I thought Cody was going to be a heel for, like, the minute he lost the bell. But then they just threw a wrench in there, which is kind of a very nice direction. I can't argue with it. I think it's very appropriate to keep Cody as a face considering how well it did in the early goings of AEW. He is kind of arguably a draw with the company along with the rest of the elite. So with that in mind, I think it's time for a little bit of fantasy fumble. So for all the people who are new to this podcast, potentially, I don't know. I don't know who listens to this. Fantasy fumble is the segment where I try and make the worst possible feud in the world for the particular wrestler of this episode. In it, it's either going to be the worst feud possible, or it's going to be the weirdest one. Whatever I can think of, and however thing it could be. I already said thing of the thing of the thing. Jesus Christ, my voice is going weird today. So, with that in mind, I think it's time that I won't hold you up any longer. We're already at over the 30 minute mark, so I'm going to get this done. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen... Three, two, one, fumble. Let the dumpster fire begin! Right, uh, okay, uh, so, uh, Cody. Cody is a blonde boy. We know that he's a blonde boy, and that has been the secret of his success. Do you know why? Look at all the great blonde boys of his generation. We had Dusty Rose. We had Goldust, both blonde boys. You know what the blonde boys did? They won belts. Look at all the times that Cody won a significant belt outside of the company. It was because he was a blonde boy. Now, cut to Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, who is Kenny Omega? He is the typical blonde boy. Kenny Omega, former IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Intercontinental Champion. And how do both of those achieved? Through having blonde hair. So we cut to the backstage area. We see Cody Rhodes applying some nice, perfectly fine, dyed blonde hair. But it isn't working. It's not working as he places it through his locks. Then he notices something. His hair dye was stolen. But where? Coming weeks go on. Cody now dyed dark brown hair, natural hair color. He starts losing to significant matches. Lance Archer, Sammy Guevara, FTR. All of these people who he has had some sort of disagreement with. Even Sean Spears. Sean Spears! And then it is discovered. He sees Kenny in the back. He sees it. It is. It is everything that you think it is. It's Cody's. It's Cody's blonde hair dye. And who is applying it? It's Kenny Omega. They start getting in a dispute. They start brawling through the backstage area as people try to block them off. Because both of them know that blonde hair gave them the power. It gave them the strength. It made them world champions. And they both realized in this kerfuffle. In 
the coming weeks of promo after promo, promo after promo again, that neither of them can have blonde hair together. Otherwise, it will break the time-space continuum of blonde hair because blonde boys are doing what blonde boys do, and both of them need the titles, they need the strength. See, Kenny Omega's hair has gotten darker and darker as the tag title reign has come on, and he has started losing his powers. So then, it is settled. At the next pay-per-view, I believe it's full gear. Cody versus Kenny in a hair versus hair match for the custody of their blonde hair dye. Of course, it's in a ladder match. And because Kenny Omega is a smart, super mega angel boy, they agree on a stipulation in their contract signing that Randy Rhodes shall be propelled in a shark cage. Why a shark cage, you may ask? Because Kenny believes in Final Fantasies. He believes in V-Triggers. And he believes that Cody, what he fears more than the lack of his blonde hair, is the danger of his wife. So the match begins. Brandy propelled with the blonde hair dying the shark cage. They have their match. They brawl. They fight. And they go over. Tope suicidas. Suicide dives. Hairspray being fired over and over again in their eyes, in their faces, blocking each other, hurting each other for the sake of a single hair dye. The things that have defined and changed both men's careers. What will they do without their blonde hair dye? God damn it! So when the situation is grander, American nightmares are fought. Cody hits the crossroads on Kenny Omega, knocking him prone. Countering the one-winged angel and the V-trigger of his own moves. Disaster kicks. Dashing Cody Rhodes moves. And of course, he does a V-trigger of his own. Climbing the ladder. And grabbing his hair dye and his wife. And thus, at the end of this feud, reapplying his hair dye, he goes from more than American dream an American nightmare, and more dashing than he'd ever been before, leaving the stars in their dust. Cody looks to Brandy, as Brandy applies his blonde hair dye, and he says to himself, I may not be the American dream, but to others from here on, I'll be an American nightmare. And that, my friend, family, is dying of beautiful, beautiful blonde boy he is a prince of wrestling. Well, uh, that got weird. Uh, yeah, so a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, whenever I do these random fantasy fumble things, it's all completely improvised. So if the feud does not make any sense, that's probably why. Anyways, yeah, uh, so yeah, Cody in that feud is just a blonde boy. He's a blonde boy doing what blonde boys do. And if you get that reference, Brownie points to you. So, yeah, uh, that's Cody. Uh, I might end up revisiting a bunch of wrestlers again, as kind of with the format of the podcast. I feel like that's kind of a great way of kind of doing everything. So, yeah, if you have any suggestions and maybe in the future you want me to cover people again, 
Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. That'd be fun. So, with the show coming to a close, I just want to say thank you so much to the people who've been listening to the past couple of episodes again, or just sort of like viewing it for the first time. It it's really awesome seeing just even if it's just like one person downloading and listening to it. I'm not gonna lie, I got really giddy just looking at analytics and be like, oh my god, where did where did this person come from? So I just want to say thank you to all of you. Let's make wrestling fun again. Or let's make it even more fun than it actually is right now. We're in an awesome period of wrestling. And I hope all of you have a lovely day. So, yeah, I'll see you all, guys. Bye!